We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, a countdown, you can't, you can't like just have the surprise we're recording anymore. It gives you a nice countdown. <laughs> but Sorry, does, is anyone going to be on the Zoom or the, the live the live link? No one? Uh, a couple a couple of people reached out. I don't know if they'll actually show up or not, okay. but yeah, we'll see. Okay, My apologies. probably going to be really loud. Sorry. Yeah, for the, the audio for me, I'm in a different location. I am... Coming to you live from my kitchen, dining room, living room area, from the couch. So, uh, still, not, still in the Philadelphia, PA, though. Still in Philadelphia, PA, where there is one fewer fugitive on loose. Yay. <laughs> Thanks to a four-year-old Belgian Malinois, however you say it, called Yoda. Thank you, Yoda, for getting that guy this morning. Yeah. I was reading Why, about that. Oh, yeah. Do you see the pictures? Ooh. Fucking scary. Well, that guy is really scary. I hadn't yeah. read about about what he did. It's it's really it's fucking fucked up. Yeah, in the garden that they kept saying that's four miles from a house. Holy shit! Yeah, and guess what? I got a a bum wing here, a bum a bum chicken leg. So what am I gonna do? Like, if he decides he wants to to hop in for a snack? Yeah, chicken leg. Yeah, Jesus. So I had my old I had my old high school baseball bat next to my bed. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, crazy. But uh, yeah, that was it was four miles. So that was not fun. But anyway, yeah. Sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say, Ethan, turn your mic volume up, or Jeremy's gonna be yelling at you. Okay. How how is it now? Oh, there you go. That's much better. Oh, okay. Yeah. For my lessons, it's been too loud, so I've been I've been turning it down a little bit. No, fuck your lessons. Yeah, I know. You're right. <laughs> So Ethan, where where are you today? Yeah, that's right. So I'm I'm uh, Matt's coming from a different room. I'm coming from a different state. Uh, I'm coming from Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, I moved here a month ago, and um, it's awesome. Fort Collins is fucking rules. Uh, my my partner and I have been talking, and and it's only been a month, but we already uh, can't imagine living anywhere else. We like have we we're like. No, no desire to go anywhere else. We just want to stay here. It's it's like our kind of place. Um, nice. So uh, yeah, so it's pretty great. Yeah, Wi Fi seems a little bit better than last time we talked. Fingers crossed. We'll see if it stays that way. Ethan's eating his food. If you're wondering what, yeah, that we need to we need to pick up all that wonderful crunching audio. And and I I did tell Colin that's what the listeners want. Wait, could you <laughs> hear it that time or no? Yeah, but no. it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We'll give we'll give some more audio right here. 
Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. That's nice. I can't have a beer, so I have a root beer. And, Pretty uh, good. Good substitute. Sam and I have been making fun of Bark's uh, tagline because it just says, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good since 18, what's it say? 1898. It, it's good. It's good. Since 18, that's hilarious. There we go. That's the title of this pod. Or, mm-hmm. or it's if, good since 1898. If, if it's your Sam, she says, eh, it, it, it's good. Like, imagine Larry David. Eh, it's good. <laughs> good, definitely. I love it. <laughs> nice. And uh, Colin, where are you coming to us from? Uh, same time, same place, same bat station. Mm-hmm. You do have a different thingy behind you, though, that Eagles tour poster. Uh, I might have not been up the last time. I, I don't mean, think I it was. The, it looked, I had already gone to the show, but yeah, yeah I might have not uh, hung it up. It, up it looks different to me. Or it looks new to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's from the show I went to in April. So the last last one we did was before Mother's Day, so, sometime in May. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Holy shit. It's been a little while for sure. but mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that, guys. We were on hiatus. Uh, that's all right. Everyone, uh, we, we all, like... We, I wasn't, so I put together that press release that, you know, we sent out for anyone who's listening and, and saw that, you know, about all life changes and like all three of us, I mean, not, not that it's been like a, a rough year for all of us, you know, to some people a little bit more than others, we, but we've all checked off major boxes though. So yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. major life changes. Like that was not a lie. I was not making that up. <laughs> uh, we, we, all three of us have you know, done, done a lot. And I guess it's a good segue just really quickly, Matt, I know you have a lot you want to talk about, but I just want to let the listeners and the YouTube viewers and whoever else is uh, doing this, just let you know that we are going to do our best to be consistent moving forward with a bi-weekly schedule. So uh, we're not going to be coming to you every week. We don't know how long the episodes are going to be. Again, there's just a lot of life stuff going on. Things have slowed down a little bit, so we feel like, okay, we we feel good enough to be able to bring this to everybody, but we don't feel right just, like, hopping on and, I mean, like, literally talking about nothing like like we do in our, our text chats, at least bring you a little bit of substance yeah. uh, on these. So um, we, you won't see us every week, but you should see us every other week. Mm-hmm. Just means we have more time for our ideas to stew and grow in, in our heads and you know, better rants, better content, better <laughs> drinks and audio crunching. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Colin, what are you drinking? Ethan's got a Manhattan. I've got a root beer. Something back I got from uh, Syracuse, New York. Mm. Uh, Buried Acorn. In August, Buried Acorn. Yep. When did that they start? Had- just opened okay. uh, right by the mall uh, when you know we moved down here to Charlotte. So it, it was maybe open for six to eight months or so. Uh, so we had visited a couple times. And then we were at a birthday party, a uh, friend of the podcast, Jake and Kathy Champagne, their uh, oldest daughter, just happened to work out. And they had a keg of uh, acorn, uh, one of their pilsners or whatever. And then uh, when I went to Wegmans looking for beer to take home i saw this ipa so i was like yep grabbing it taking it home and uh have one left over so i thought i'd pop it on the pod nice ethan you've what, what have, what's your favorite brewery out there in colorado right now so um i've tried a couple of the local fort collins ones um so, there a lot there's a ton so oh, fort, fort collins fort yeah collins. Oh, fort yeah. collins is famous yeah. for having and matt i don't know if this is still true but this is what they have told me and what i've read 
before Collins is famous for having like the most breweries per capita, like of any city. Uh, I don't know if it's still true, but there's a lot. Yeah. So I haven't tried all of them, right? I've only had a few. Um, Out of the ones that I have tried, I think here locally, the one that I liked the best is called the um, Jessup Farm Barrel House. Um, Just a small place, super, super cool hang. We actually biked over there and um, it was really, it was really tasty. It was, uh, I got a couple of sours and they had like fruit in them, but they weren't like overly fruity. They were still more soury. Um, They they were really nice. And, um, you know, New Belgium and Odell, of course, are really famous. They're, you know, okay, depending on what you get. I would still say like in Northern Colorado as a whole, my favorite is still Weldworks, where Matt and I went together. Uh, was that last summer, Matt? Yeah, 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 last yeah. summer, last July. Yeah, that's, I yeah. think, still my favorite in the area. But there are several on my list that I want to try that are, you know, Denver, Northern Colorado, wherever. So we'll we'll see. Casey is at the top of my list, but they're like three and a half hours away. So Yeah, that, that's got to um, be a trip. Now, if you do do Casey, um, also stop in Frisco at um, – uh, outer pass, I think it's called, or is it outer range? Outer range. I added them to my list as well. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. if if you're up there, go to outer range. They are excellent as well. They're going to do a lot of hazy IPAs. And oh my goodness, just sitting out on the patio and looking at the mountains. Is oh, like I can imagine the coolest thing. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, but if if you're going to Casey, you go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then there was another place that. They're they're not as uh, they they've shrunk a bit. I think they're they're not as great anymore. But in Idaho Springs up there, there was a place called Tommy Knocker. Tommy Knocker, okay. Um, that was like a brew pub, but their their kind of profiles dwindled a bit. I think they cut down on their offerings. I think they kind of got overextended. But I could get their beer in Cal- or in, in Ohio for a while. Oh wow! Um, so they did like a cocoa porter. It's probably a good one. I remember if you if you see that. But okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, there's there's a I haven't gone yet, but there's a there's a beer bar in town. Um. Which is a, apparently a pretty, at least at some point, it was ranked, you know, on some list as one of the best beer bars in the country. It's called Tap and Handle. And they have like 70 something on, on tap or whatever, including they sometimes will get like a beer or two from Casey that they'll that yep. they'll put on yep. tap. I haven't had a chance to go there yet, but they have like a pretty impressive selection. I think I'd probably be able to try some of these far-flung Colorado breweries there, you know. Uh, man, that makes me, just an aside, I want to pour one out for a falling rock. Falling Rock Tap House. Uh, speaking of really good beer bars in Colorado, it was like one of the most famous, and they had a they had a close relationship with the owners of Russian River. Um, so it was one of the one of the places in the country you could get Pliny the Younger, which is like the holy grail of all holy grails of IPAs. Not Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Pliny Younger. The younger. Um, yeah. On draft, uh, they'd get a couple kegs uh, every year and have a big event, but they did not survive COVID, unfortunately. But, oh, bummer! And it was a great place to go. Anyway, yeah. So anyways, Colorado's awesome and I can't wait until you guys come visit. I mean, I know Matt's been out here for the Great American Beer Festival a bunch of times and we came out last summer, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you guys come. It's just everywhere you look out here is is just like beautiful, you know. Well, and that's another good reminder is now, you know, now that you're out there and within striking distance, I'm taking you to the Great American Beer Festival, even though it's, you know, a third to a quarter of the size it used to be. We're going. We're fucking going. Oh, it's that much smaller, really? It it, it shrank. I mean, COVID kind of knocked it off. I mean, they were over three thousand breweries, um, or excuse me, over three thousand beers and like eight hundred plus breweries in the past. Uh, and now it was it was 
maybe half the size is a better way to put it. But okay, um, it's controversial in and of itself because they require you to like pay to get everything out there. They don't compensate you for the beer. So if you want to be present there, you have to pay, essentially. I see. Um, so there's a lot of kind of higher higher echelon breweries that just say, "Fuck it, we don't need we don't need to be there to raise our national profile." Right. Um, but they'll still submit beers for the judging competition, which is the uh, you know American Homebrewers Association. Yeah. Uh, you know GABF medals, which are kind of that in the World Beer Cup are seen as kind of the two pinnacle beer competitions so um this is interesting we've never really talked about this not that i can recall so some of the some of the really top-notch breweries that that we will drink and that you have like sent to us and stuff matt are they the types of breweries like like treehouse and other half and monkish and all of these are they submitting ever to these no so other half treehouse will never treehouse has never done a festival yeah that's what i thought they, they are, just do their own thing. They don't care about anything else. Yeah, they, they don't need the notoriety, right? right. They're they're yeah, they, already they're fucking massive. Well, some people will say they're being pretentious about it. They right. say that hey, we are maniacal about our quality. We mm-hmm. want the best beer drinking experience you can have, and we don't think that's going to be gotten if we're sending it halfway across the country in kegs that we can't guarantee the quality of. We mm-hmm. don't want to do that and ruin the quality of our beer. Yeah. Um, so they don't do anything. And then places like um, Other Half and Trillium will do smaller kind of invitationals is what they call, you know, that so Other Half has their Green City Festival every year. That's kind right. of like an invitational where it's a kind of a hand selected maybe list of 50 brewers that they're basically all friends with that they'll bring to town. And the nice thing about these is invitations is you're getting a lot of really, really top notch beer. Um, but a lot of the ways they're set up, you're paying more for the tickets, but that's because they're either comping your travel or like in some cases putting you up in a hotel, like they're doing something to encourage you to come and not just basically have a, a free donation of beer. They're saying, Hey, we're going to pay you for the beer. Hey, we'll pay you to come out and pour it because the nerd nerds who are here want to talk to you. They want to be part of the state. You know, yeah. that's, you don't necessarily get that. Uh, at the scale of GABF in Colorado, you get some, um, but you get a lot of volunteers from local homebrew clubs out there that, that are, you know, cause it's 800 breweries and need three or four people at each. It's a massive undertaking. Um, but still, you know, I got to, I got to, you know, Pat Sam Calagione, the owner of dogfish out in the back there. I got a beer port for me by Garrett Oliver, which was like meeting like, I don't know, one of the original founder sages of the craft beer movement. He was the original brewer at Brooklyn Beer. He's considered like one of the fathers of craft brewing. He wear, He's a very, very tall man. He wears a straw, like a straw hat. <laughs> and he's very nice. But I just like, I just said, thank you, Mr. Oliver. And like, oh my God, I just like, he was like a beer celebrity. I was starstruck. It was pretty cool. So you do okay. get that stuff out there. But That's really funny. Really, that that reminds me. I've I've said before. I don't know if I've said it on the pod, but my life is basically a series of of Parks and Rec references, and that <laughs> reminds me so much. Kyle, I don't remember if you'll remember the scene. Matt, did you watch the whole series or no? Um, maybe not the last like five episodes. Okay, so Kyle, like, I don't know if you remember this. Matt, you might remember it. I don't know. There's this one time where they're at like a woodworking competition. And Ron uh, meets this like uh, local yeah. woodworker who he idolizes. <laughs> it's just this like old 80 year old guy who's just like standing there like, and Ron like freaks out. He loses it. And he like does his little high pitched giggle. And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. 
And Leslie's like, go talk to him. And Ron's like, what? What are you talking? I can't go talk to him. And it's just literally this old guy standing there in this like high school cafeteria where this woodworking is or whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, the way you were describing it just made me just made me think of that. So no, it it, it was like that. It was really really cool. It's just like yeah. he. I mean, he sticks out. He's a giant. He's a giant guy, and the hat is his signature. But it was pretty cool. Like that's holy awesome. Crap, it's Garrett Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, being starstruck is a real thing. I don't know if I talked to you guys about this because you you don't care uh, as much probably, but. <laughs> I ran into Miles Sanders at Target last the the Friday uh, before Labor Day, uh, so we had a half day at work, and uh, so it's like two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. I was going to do the grocery shopping. This is the week that Christine and or Toddy uh, for all the pod listeners uh, and my my daughters had COVID. Um, so I was going out to pick up groceries. I wanted to watch the Penn State game and not have to worry about anything over the weekend. Yada yada. I'm at the checkout line and I look up and I only see him from the side. And I'm like, that looks like Miles Sanders. And he turns and I saw it. Like the only reason I really identified him at first was because of his uh, nose ring. And so I was like, oh shit, that's Miles Sanders. Now it, it was super fucking busy at two o'clock, three o'clock on a Friday at Target, which probably was just like the holiday rush or whatever. So I had stood in line for like 10 minutes and I had just gotten to the front of the line when I saw who it was and I was like, uh, am I going to let him go? Am I going to, you know, go try to get a picture with him or whatever. Um, and so I decided to peel out of line. I ran all the way across. So he like starts, you know, leaving or whatever. So I ran out, I go to follow him and everything. And, uh, <laughs> eventually I catch up and I was like, this like little tiny voice. I was like, excuse me are you miles sanders oh my god <laughs> At least that's how i remember it in my head and he turned around he's like yep and uh he i was like can i get a picture and everything i was like i'm a big fan and uh he said yeah uh so we took the picture it was great we talked for like a quick minute and you know about penn state and everything but I I feel like I blacked out. Like I I was just, <laughs> but by the time it was over, I was sweating and uh, and everything. I was shaking, and I was like, I still have to pay. Like I haven't even checked out yet. Like I got to go back to line or whatever. But oh my god, it was it. And he's not. I mean, he is one of my favorite players from like recent Penn State past. But it's not like it was meeting Saquon Barkley, you know, right. uh, or something like that. And I was still just. But the one thing I will say before I finish this, his arms. I could see them. He had a short sleeve tee on <laughs> fucking ripped. <laughs> like roids are working. <laughs> I was impressed because <laughs> he's not, he's not really that big. I had to look it up afterward. He's listed as five eleven, but I think he's like five, nine, you know, five ten uh, or so. Um, so he's not like super tall. Uh, you know, I'm and just look at the picture. Like I'm not, he's not really bending over that much to be in the picture with me. I'm not very tall, obviously. So, uh, but, oh my God, he was fucking jacked. Miles Sanders, Carolina Panthers running back, baby. We are. That's awesome. That's like, this all makes me, this is like how I would react if I saw like Tim Saxhog in the grocery store. He's, <laughs> he's the basis for Trampled by Turtles. Or actually, you know what? More realistically, if I saw Banjo Dave Carroll, cause he actually lives in Colorado. <laughs> If I like randomly yeah. saw a Banjo Dave somewhere, I would like lose my shit. And he's just, he seems like a perfectly nice guy. He's just a regular guy. Trample's not that famous. Like I'm sure that I could approach him. Right. But I would, I would be like Ron Swanson with the, with the furniture guy. I, I would, I'd be going crazy. I mean, that's exactly how I I felt. Like yeah. I had walked by LeVar Arrington 
in 2018. Actually, the last time I saw Miles play in person, uh, the the fourth and five game at Penn State. Penn State fans will remember that. Um, <laughs> but I I walked right by him because I was just I was starstruck, and I was like, "This is Lavar." I saw him like a mile away. And nobody else recognized him. And that was the crazy thing about Target, too, was, like, nobody else knew. And, you know, I get it. Miles Sanders isn't, like, the biggest star, you know, in football. And they wear their helmets, so they're a little bit more unrecognizable yeah. anyway. But That's still surprising like, to me, yeah. I, I could have I had, like, a 40-minute conversation with him, probably. And I don't, I don't know if anyone else would have noticed who he was. It just would have been, like, two people talking. Yeah. Very yeah I had the opposite. I When I saw Richard Kind, I just, like – Blurted out like Mr. Kind. Like, that's right. That's like, right. Because we were passing each other, and he turned around. And I just said, uh, "Go Yankees!" and high fived him and walked away. Right. <laughs> but that—that's a great story. I love that every time yeah. you talk about that. <laughs> and I, I just love that so much. I'm just so jealous because I feel like he's very much like he's like he's not a big time celebrity by any stretch, right? Like he's he's a niche guy. Like you either have to be a Scrubs fan or an Inside Out fan or like a Big Mouth fan. Um, Wasn't he in uh, Just Shoot? No, not um, the one with uh, Just Shoot Me. He was in Just Shoot Michael Me. Fox, yeah, right? he was in yeah. Just Shoot Me. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. you have to be a fan of like very specific things, right? But for me, Big Mouth is like a top three show of all time, and his character in Big Mouth is amazing. And of course, I love Scrubs, and I, Inside Out is one of my favorite movies ever. And so the fact that you met Richard Kind to me is like amazing. I am. I'm, we have this joke. There's this one. So on, on Big Mouth, he voices the really, really angry Jewish father uh, of one of the main characters. Right. And my partner and I, we joke about this all the time because it's one of my favorite things from six seasons of the entire show. There's this random cut to the family. Right. There was a different scene. And then they cut to this family, to the Richard Kind family. They're all sitting at dinner and Richard Kind's character, the father, he says to his wife, he says, we got too much mail today, like really, really angrily. And then the wife says, I'm sorry, Marty. And that's it. And then it moves on to the next thing. But the way that he like yells, like, we got too much mail today. Like Richard Kind is so <laughs> fucking good. I mean, he he makes me die from that one line. So I'm I'm so jealous of that. If you want the opposite. So one of the things I've been doing while I've been home is rewatching a lot of um, John Oliver's shows. Mm. And specifically, I watched uh, the opioids one, two, and three, where they dive into the Sacklers, and then I think it's opioids three on John or on last week tonight. Um, they finally got their hands on the deposition that Richard Sackler gave, um, mm. where he says, "I don't know," like seven hundred times, right. and because in it, at that point had not released the the video of the deposition, and we're really fighting. Um, John Oliver hired a bunch of different people to say, I don't know on camera, like Brian Cranston, Michael Keaton, and Richard Kind. <laughs> so Amazing. Richard Kind is like, you know, just over and over, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And just um, like, like, and then it's like, maybe he says it while eating a sandwich. I don't know. <laughs> so. And that's a good that's Richard great. Kind voice, Matt. That's good. It's, it's over and over and over and over. And it's just fantastic. So but, funny. Genius. Anyway, now that we're done. Yeah. I also saw Travis Kelsey that night, but eh, I'm much happier that I met Richard Kind. Kind of. <laughs> is, he, is he the Eagles one? Not the uh, no, that Jason's Eagles. Travis is the... the uh, he's Chiefs tight end, isn't he? Chiefs tight end. Ugh, he's the one who's reportedly dating that bitch. Whoa. Who you got? Whoa. Taylor Swift. Oh, you're, 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 you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of attention to this podcast for all the wrong reasons. Swifties there, bud. are coming after me. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I've got a lot of friends at home who are very happy if that's the case because uh, that means Taylor may come to Cleveland Heights. I guess back home in Ohio. Right. Wait, and as part of this tour, did she not go to Cleveland? No, the Kelseys are from Cleveland Heights. So they think that oh, she might. that they might yeah. just see Taylor Swift like walking around Cleveland Heights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I don't know if she did make it to Cleveland though. I maybe she'll go to um maybe she'll go to Melt and scarf down some like huge grilled cheese thing. She probably closed the whole store down. You saw yeah. what, hap- what happened when she showed up on the Jersey Shore a couple weeks ago. Okay, yeah. we've talked way too long about Taylor Swift. <laughs> this is not turning into the podcast. Okay, uh-huh. well one one thing, just I will give Travis Kelsey uh um you know, he did shoot his shot. He got rejected, so I don't know how they ended up meeting, but apparently he yeah. gave her one of those like friendship bracelets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make with his number on it, and he tried giving it to Taylor, and um, they wouldn't they wouldn't allow him to give to her. <laughs> so, funny. yeah. But anyway, um, nice. I got yeah. I, can I I got a topic for tonight at least to start us off. No, do it. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's one one plus me equals a majority. So <laughs> the Angels absolutely. What a joke. What a joke. Uh, um, six years with the two best players in the game, and they can't make it in the playoffs. So there are certain pundits in certain places talking about trading Mike Trout. I saw mm-hmm. this. Would you trade for Mike Trout if you were Brian Cashman, and what would you give up? Oh, this is a great question. Tom, you should go first, though. Um, well, before I answer the question, I also want to say – I, I don't know if it's because the Yankees have been so lukewarm this year or if it is just really a down year in Major League Baseball, but there are a lot of horrendous teams in baseball this year. Like, the Angels are a fucking mess. The White Sox. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. Hey, the Padres, which I also want to talk about. The athletics. The Padres haven't won four straight games all season. Hey, you still have five teams in the NL, though, all within the wild card, within a game and a half of the wild card. Yeah, which is yeah, kind yeah. Of fun. Yeah. But, but and, and this is another conversation for another day, and we could probably do this in the offseason when it's a little bit slower. It's it's about competitive balance, right? And I just. Relegation and promotion, baby. <laughs> it just it just seems like it's way out of whack this year. Um, for you know, Cleveland they're pretty bad. Uh, I I don't know. Anyway, would you, uh, yeah, yes. would you trade for Trotty? I actually thought about 100, this. Hundred percent. I've never thought about it. Hundred uh, percent would trade for him, even knowing he is very likely never going to be the Mike Trout that we romanticize all the time. Um, he may never play 120 games, 130 exactly. games That's ever the... again in his career. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think the pinstripes would not be as heavy on him. I think they would maybe jolt him. Um, not that he needs the, the black magic, <laughs> uh, that Matt Carpenter got last year, for example, but yeah, just give him kind of, it's kind of like a, it's not a one-to-one example, but like, remember when David justice got traded, you know, to the Yankees and, you know, just had that really great, you know, second half of the season was ALCS MVP was just a really great, you know, pickup piece uh, for the Yanks in 2000. 
Um, and, and Justice was a really good, solid player. He's, he, he obviously was never Mike Trout, so again, that's not a one-to-one. But you know, I think it could jolt him. Um, who are you giving up? Well, I think they're going to ask for the farm. Oh, yeah. Um, Dominguez, Volpe, like... But I also think I also think this is one place where you know, especially with some of that dead money coming off the books, like let's just say you know it's for this upcoming season. I mean, the Yankees could maneuver a way to pay some of that you know four hundred mil or whatever from from the contract extension. So you know, they they say to the Angels, okay, we're going to pick up you know this this much of the contract, and um, you know, kind of like they did with a Rod, right? Uh, and, and everything, uh, when they traded for, um, him from the, the Rangers. So I think there's financial, uh, flexibility that they have in comparison to other teams that could help them out. Um, who are you giving up? It's not the Martian anymore. Cause, uh, you know, his injury, it's not Volpe probably. Cause yeah, at this point it looks like he's, he's the everyday shortstop moving forward. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there's some pitching, I think they would uh, you know, need I think I think the Angels would not ever say yes unless there was like Volpe and Dominguez plus other things with other people would be my guess but yeah that's well, what I would think too. even with all the injuries this is still Mike Trout before the injuries he was like well on the way to being the greatest player of all time you know yeah I mean I, I could still see Dominguez I mean the know, injury definitely muddies the waters but he's still only what is he 20? Yeah, twenty twenty one. And he did pretty fucking good for a twenty year old with a random call up. Yeah, I mean, small sample size. Small sample size, Judge of course. Like one sixty three, his first. You know, yeah, couple, of course, couple, of course. Cups of coffee. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what gets it done. That I, I would need to do more research and see what the the farm looks like. But the simple answer is yes. If if Mike Trout was actually available, I just think it's no brainer. Ethan, are you in the same boat? Uh, no, I'm not actually, which is crazy. (laughs) So, because you guys know how much I love Mike Trout and, um, you know, the thing about me too, and and I don't know if I've like gone into this on the pod so much is Mike Trout is exactly the kind of player who is like my favorite kind of player. And, And that maybe sounds like, like obvious or a cliche, but I don't know that that's true for everybody. Right. Um, like I love an outfielder and I love a center fielder specifically, uh, partially because center field was what I played a lot of growing up and I loved it. It was my favorite. And there are, you know, there are legendary center fielders throughout history and it's just, there's something romantic about it. Right. But also the fact that he can just do everything and do everything well. And there's just something about him like this, this do it all center fielder, a modern day Willie Mays. It's just this, it's this really wonderful thing. And so, I mean, I like Trout as much as anybody, but when I, when I saw these headlines the last couple of days about how he might be available, I'm thinking to myself, like, what, how would I feel if the Yankees went out and got him? And, you know, he's 32 now. And I, I just pulled up his, his baseball reference page. Last time he played 130 games was 2019. Last time he played 140 games was 2018. Last time he played 150 games was 2016. And that's, that's not great. And think we, we, we can think of somebody like Griffey, right? I mean, Griffey through his twenties, again, he was well on his way to being like a top 10 player of all time. His thirties fucking forget about it. I mean, it was, it was like two different people. Same with Albert Pujols. Now Trouty has enough time to, to maybe avoid that, right? He's still only 32 um, you know, he did hit 40 homers in 119 games in his, in his, uh, 30 age 30 season. 
right? So he's he's got time to not be a Pujols or a Griffey as far as his 30s are concerned. But, you know, you look back at the last several years and you look at the injuries and everything, and it's um it's it's pretty scary. And, you know, I feel like the Angels would be completely justified in wanting Dominguez and Volpe and maybe more. I think they would be justified because of Mike Trout. However, as a Yankee fan, even just Dominguez and Volpe for Trout at this point, I don't know how I would feel about that. Um, because basically just because of the injury history. And I mean, doesn't he have that back thing, which like they say he's going to be okay, but we don't actually know how that's going to look. Right. Yeah. They never, they never brought that back up after it happened last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I, that I hadn't thought about Kyle that you mentioned is that maybe being in the pinstripes would be kind of a jolt for him. And I like that. I, and I feel like that could be a, a, a realistic thing, right? I, I, I feel like being in that environment and being, you know, like, cause we do know, despite some of the shit we heard at the end of last season, we know that people still love playing in New York, right? We remember Rizzo talked about it in the off season and everything. Obviously judge wanted to come back, right? There's something about being in that environment, being in New York, the expectation to win the passion of the fans, all of this. I mm-hmm. could see that being a really good thing for Trout. I could see him really like getting excited by that and thriving in that. However, you know, that excitement and that passion, it, it doesn't matter if that back injury relapses or yeah. if he hurts him, you know, get some other injury, whatever. So like, it really, really pains me to say it, but I'm like actually very ambivalent about the idea of us, of us trying to get Trout. I, I wouldn't say straight no or straight yes, but I'm like definitely ambivalent. Well, and Matt, before, before you jump in, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about too, um, so you mentioned Ethan, Griffey, Pujols. I think those are good comps, especially Griffey, you know, playing the same uh, position. I wonder, uh, and, and th- th- this is the gamble part of it, right? Like we, we would never know, uh, but we'll be able to look back on it eight years from now or, or whatever. But, you know, regardless of if he's an angel for life or wherever he ends up, LeBron had some type of, very serious back injury, uh, you know, around, around the same age, uh, you know, when, when he was with the heat, uh, and, um, totally, it, it was like jeopardizing, you know, his career. Uh, and he totally changed up his, um, training regimen and, you know, all these type of things. And, and we know just in general, uh, athletes train better for recovery than they do or than they did you know, back, back in the day. So while LeBron has not been the iron man that he was when he was younger, he has still been a very highly productive player, you know, into his, this is his 20th season, I think Fucking crazy. in the NBA, uh, which, yeah, which is insane. Now, obviously different sports, you know, and, and everything, but I do wonder if there's that piece to it where, you know, Trout, if he links up with the right person, you know, he could have, more of a LeBron career arc toward the back end of his career um, than like, you know, Kobe who fell off after his Achilles and Griffey who fell off after all of his injuries and, you know, and everything. So we're never going to know, but I, I do wonder about that. It's not even the training piece. It's the recovery piece. I just read about it in, in the, the book about Aaron judge and how uh, when him and Steinbrenner were negotiating, 
and they were talking about adding that ninth year onto his contract, he's like, you know, listen, Hal, like I focus so much more on recovery than I do on, you know, getting bigger. He's like, I'm maintaining what I am. Cause I'm, I'm a fucking, <laughs> you know, six, seven, 285 pound beast. He's like, I'm not trying to get any bigger. What I'm trying to do is make sure that my body doesn't break down, that I can be a productive player into my forties. Now, again, judges, it remains to be seen, but he's held up pretty good this year. He had the free, you know, toe injury with the, the catch on the wall. But you know, other than that, he hasn't had any of the injuries that he had early in his career, which could be recovery related. You know, so uh, that that's one of the things I wonder about Trout is like, can he figure it out to say, like, I could play 120, 130 games, hit 40 homers, hit 30 homers, be a productive center fielder, may, maybe move positions, right? Maybe move to the corner outfield or whatever. But that that's just one thing I've thought about, too. Fortunately, I don't know if the Yankees training staff has a track record to help with recovery <laughs> yeah. right now. Right. That's um, true. <laughs> now. Also, I, I want to see the splits. I think Judge, after his injury, has been pretty piss poor, unfortunately. But yeah, I think yeah. he's still I mean, reeling from that. But I hope he can recover. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, in his 119 games in 20 or last year, Trout was worth still 6.3 Baseball Reference WAR. Yeah. In a full season this year, there's only one Yankee's got more, and it's Garrett Cole with 6.4. <laughs> the next closest <laughs> is Aaron Judge at 3.4. So yeah. Uh, you know a Three quarter season from, or I guess two thirds season from, two thirds, uh, whatever, whatever the percentage yeah. is from from Trout is still pretty damn good if he's it's healthy. True. But, yeah, um, I'm gonna walk the line between you guys and say I think we should only trade him if we could work the trade for him. If we could also work out the magic to send John Carlo Stanton to I, the Angels. I was actually thinking because, about that. Holy crap! And 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 I'm gonna pick on Con a little bit, but. Because I do remember saying I didn't like the trade, um, but I was excited about it. And Colin's quote was, when you can trade for the reigning MVP, you do. And we did get money off, and we did only have to give up Starling Castro, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, that that contract, though, is going to be such an albatross. Yeah, but we that- got him real quick pause, because I was looking at this the other day. His first season in New York was his age 28 year. Mm-hmm. Like at the time, that's a brilliant deal. You're getting you're getting the reigning MVP for his fucking prime years. Yeah. But anyways, it obviously hasn't worked out. So that's that's the one, and I don't know if there is enough prospects you could send with him, um, and enough money you could add to the Marlins' money to actually take care of that whole contract. But um, yeah. I just I think we can only afford um, one or two, you know, <laughs> super long duper albatross long albatross con- you know contracts. Yeah. Well, and, and Matt, that, that's a really interesting point too. I've been, I, I, I could show you guys the little outline I have, um, in my, in my notes. I'm working on a column for, um, my Substack about, um, about Boone, about the roster and everything. And one part about the roster, and I'm not giving anything away because I haven't written it yet. I just have the outline. So maybe I'll, I'll think out loud how to, how to get it down on paper. But I was like, the roster moving forward, the bookends are there. Okay. You have judge, you have Cole. Yeah. They're not going to be the same. They're going to, they're going to fade, but that veteran leadership and they got a lot of money on the books. So they're not going anywhere. Literally everybody else on that roster should be expendable. Like figure it out. It's, it's not working. The, the only argument I could buy is a Volpe and a Glaber. 
Uh, Glaber's defense is spotty at times, but he is, I was just thinking about this today, unrelated, because I didn't, I didn't know, Matt, you were going to be talking about this. Outside of that freak injury he had when he was with Scranton and, you know, missed a lot of that 2017 season after we traded uh, Chapman for him, he's been pretty durable. Um, and he's still relatively young. He's probably never going to be what he was in 2018, 2019, but the, the balls were obviously juiced, especially in 2019. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, I mean, look look at what he's doing this year, like, a, as a second baseman. I'm I a mean, big Glaber fan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I could buy Glaber. Yeah, I could buy Glaber. I can buy Volpe. You know, you got two people up the middle right there. Um, you know, that that's a solid start. But, you know, Judge and Cole are your definite bookends. Otherwise, that team they that whole roster needs to be whole a uh, whole reevaluation and Unless I, I, Cole don't, I don't know out. what does he have an opt out yes oh he does when the uh, next year okay well yeah so that one now, well, I believe there's a clause that if he opts out we could undo it by automatically adding another year to the contract i think is how it works interesting I mean, but then he's we our age, him. so he would have to have another really good year, I think, to make it worthwhile. But I hope it happens. Right, to get yeah, to get all the money. One thing I'll say uh, to appease Cousin Greg, who I know is going to be listening to this, I was, I was thinking about this today. So if the season ended today, obviously the Yankees aren't in the playoffs and the Phillies are. And I think, without doing any research, because I didn't have time to look it up, the last time that happened was in 2008, uh, which... You know, cousin Greg's all about the you know the last time this happened, yeah. this happened, <laughs> and whatever. And uh, 2008, you know, his beloved Phillies they won the World Series. And if we're gonna go with that logic, then I'm gonna say the last time that happened, the next season after that, the Yankees took home the title <laughs> <laughs> from Philly. Yeah, <laughs> from Philly, ironically, but yeah. coincidentally, whatever. <laughs> so I, I just looked it up after the end of next year. He can opt out of the final four years, 144. Wow. The Yankees can void that by adding a fifth year for $36 million. Okay. What's he, he makes he makes more than $30 million currently, right? Per year. It was, uh, what was it, nine years, $324 million, I think? Was that the deal? Yeah, so he's making $32 million a year or $33 million a year right now. Man, it's hard okay. to imagine he'd be able to get a better deal if he opted out. But but if he has like one of these ridiculous contract years next yeah, year, I mean, then then okay. It's like a Verlander. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I guess yeah. I guess Verlander and Scherzer got forty three million a year on those contracts, right? So maybe yeah. goals. Yeah. Maybe Cole's ju- eyeing that. Yeah, judges up to forty. Yeah, so, I mean, fair enough. Market's reset, right? Yeah, maybe Cole wants to do that. Yeah, who can blame? And him? if he All sees right. the sinking ship that it is, yeah, that too. Yeah. Yep. I mean that it's it's a dicey time right now. The good thing is it's the Yankees. They have a lot of money. They can throw it around if they want to. We we know the game is much different than it was in uh not that it really worked as much as the, the George Steinbrenner blowhards will tell you, but um you know, they, they can throw around money if they want to. And I think they do have a decent core. And and you know, let's be honest the last core wasn't as bad as I think people make it out to be. Did they win a world series? No, but you know, were they atrocious? No, like, you know, Gary Sanchez had that 2017 season is 
just as mind boggling as Glaber's 2019 season. Right. Yeah. And and judge, you know, should have two MVPs. And I mean, that's three players right there, you know, before COVID, you know, and I'm not blaming COVID for, you know, what's happened since then, but a lot has changed, you know, as, as a result of that disruption. And, um, you know, they, they just ran into the, you know, the fucking Astros, unfortunately. And they didn't have, they they have I, I would argue they have better pitching now than they did, you know, in seventeen to nineteen or so. Um, but I, I I just I just don't it, it, it's like the whole you guys know where I sit on all of this, right? Like it, it's the whole uh people when they bitch about nobody wants to play in New York, there's too much pressure, people, you know, yell at you when you're you're batting bad and blah 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 and everything and I'm like it's also just unrealistic to think they're going to win the world series every single year. Mm-hmm. And I know it's been a while and I, it weighs on me as a fan. I am sure it weighs on Brian Cashman. Like, don't give me this crap that he doesn't care that he's not a good GM. Yada, yada. Like, come on. It's not like they're a fucking laughing stock, like the Colorado Rockies who have no direction and, Terrible. and nothing. Like speaking of Gary really quick, his offensive war this year is 1.7. John Carlos Stanton's zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. I yeah. saw his OPS yesterday. It's like 753 or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's been really, really disappointing. I, I don't know what the fuck his deal is. Yeah. He's, well, I mean, you know, him, him specifically, I mean, he's obviously more athletic than the three of us probably combined. Um, you know, but he doesn't look like it when he's running the bases though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely wearing down. You know, he, he looks like a pool house, right. Yeah. You know, in terms of, of the wear and tear uh, yep. on his body. So I think that's probably a comp for what you can expect. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, for G moving forward, he'll still mash, you know, a bunch of homers, but I, I would venture to say we've seen the best of. Yeah. Jim and we, and the sad out. thing about that is like, you know, we think of him as this prodigious slugger in many ways he is, but I was just looking at his page too. He only hit more than 40 homers once that, that MVP year when he hit 59, he's never hit more than 40 homers otherwise. And I, again, I think it's more because of injuries than anything, but it's like, it's one thing if if you're going to be a guy who can only do one thing and who can barely move, like you want to, you want to at least maybe provide 40 homers. Right. Um, (laughs) And I don't know that we could even count on him for that at this point, which is really sad. And, you know, the depressing thing for me with that is, you know, cause I like Gene and I, and I really am rooting for him hard. And cause when he's on and when he really connects, right. I mean, there's nothing more beautiful in baseball than, than yeah. when he really connects with a pitch. Right. Um, Dismissal. yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's amazing. And, um, yeah, it's just like, it's just a huge bummer to see that all happening. And Kyle, I, I'm kind of with you at this point. I, I think we, we probably, barring a miracle, we've probably seen, seen the best of him. And, and it's, and it's sad because again, like what I was saying earlier, we got him for his age 28 season, you know? And again, like, like with Cashman, and I've said this before, I think he has made a lot of good deals, good decisions the last several years, but due to bad luck, they've just gone really wrong. Like, gee, having him for his age, 28, 29, 30 seasons, that should have been awesome, right? Sonny Gray, yeah. that should have been awesome, 
right? Um, uh, even like, even like James Paxton, uh, things like that should have, should have been better Mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know? Um, and, and just a lot of bad luck. So I'm not saying that a change wouldn't be a good idea necessarily or anything, but, but I, I do still reject this idea of Cashman being like a complete idiot or anything for these, for these deals. Like I, when I look at them in a kind of a detached way, and I think about how it would have seemed right at the moment. Not a bad, not a bad idea to me. Getting Giancarlo Stanton after he hit fifty nine homers when he's when he's twenty eight years old, fuck. Like yeah, you know that seems good. Sonny Gray. I mean, Sonny Gray has been great his entire career except for when he played for the Yankees. He's Javier Vasquez all over again. You know. <laughs> so yeah, well, we can uh, talk about the potential funeral of the Yankees uh, probably <laughs> two podcasts from now. Although the the Rangers are are beating up on the Blue Jays again. The Yankees are in a rain delay right now uh, in Boston. They're really, you know, I mean, they play Toronto four four games, uh, the last homestand of the season. Like if they're within striking distance, you know, they're they're seven games back going into today. If they won today and Toronto loses, they're six games back. If they're within four games, you know, going into that series, I mean, and Toronto's still the third wild card. Yeah, we still need know. we need Texas to lose too, right? Well, that's who they're playing right now. So Texas, that's what I mean, jumped. right? So if they're neck and neck, we we a lot's got to happen. Well, yeah. Well, Texas jumped Toronto, so Texas is now the two in the wild card. Tampa's running away with the, with the three, although Baltimore is losing again to St. Louis. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the East? But whoever gets that one seed for the wild card is is running away with it. Um, so it's really going to be that two, three seed. And I don't know, stranger things have happened, but, uh, one of the baseball things I wanted to ask you guys about is, do you think Matt Olson can get to 60? He's at 51. Yeah. He's got what? 17 games left. Yeah. Roughly a little over two or a little less than two and a half weeks. Probably. Yeah. I mean, what he's on, uh, he's on the Braves now, right? Like Mm -hmm. they hit a lot of home runs. He's on the Braves now. You sound like, uh, uh, who gave somebody from um, Wheeler gave up a homer to Acuna yesterday, and I guess Wheeler hates Acuna like they have some beef or something. And he was like, "Yeah, uh, you know who who was that guy that I gave up?" <laughs> <laughs> only only the uh, uh, the the likely MVP. <laughs> I don't think he gets there, but I think it'll be close. I think he hits fifty seven or fifty eight. Yeah, I would say the same thing. You know. Obviously, if he gets really hot, certainly, certainly possible, right? Definitely possible to hit nine homers in the last, what, three weeks, two and a half weeks of the season. Definitely possible if you're, if you're really hot. But, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before and excluding 1998 to 2001 when the steroid era was at its peak, 60 home runs has happened three times in baseball history, three times, right? It's really, 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 really hard to do. And I think even having 51 at this point, I think even playing with the Braves and even being the best team in the game and being surrounded by stars where, you know, he's not expected to be the guy. I think there's still a tremendous amount of pressure that would build up um, both externally and internally. And yeah, I I just think I'm with Matt. I, I think it's just really unlikely it would be cool if it happened right it'd be exciting but um just when we when we look at history 
right? You have to take Maguire, Sosa, and Bonds as outliers. And then you're talking about Ruth, 27, Maris, 61, Judge, 22. That's it, right? And <laughs> and so I think when it comes to like thinking about 60 homers, you got to assume no, right? Uh, just yeah. mathematically speaking. So so yeah. so I I would say no also. What did, what did G get the MVP season? Was it 59? I think it was 59. Yeah. yeah. That's what Greenberg got too, right? I think that... Or did Greenberg get 58? Um, 58 or 59. Yeah, 58 yeah, okay. or 59 for sure for yeah. um, for Greenberg. And then was it yeah. Jimmy Fox maybe got 59 one year? 57, yeah, something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I agree with both of you guys. I think, um, I think it would be really cool, like you said, Ethan, if it did happen. Um, yeah, it'd be exciting, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care if he hits more homers than Judge. I mean, I think that's kind of out of the question at this point. That would He'd have to go. I think Trey Turner has 11 homers in his last 13 games or something oh, wow. like that. He he would have to, yeah, he would have to get Trey Turner hot, um, you know, to to catch Judge. But, um, yeah, I think like the I, I'd have to look it up. I don't I don't remember, even though I just read the book. But I'm pretty sure at this point last year, Judge was at like 57 or 58. And then, you know, we know the pressure really yeah. started to ramp up. And obviously it's different in New York. And especially when you're, you know, chasing two New York ghosts and legends and, yeah, and everything right. for the, the AL record. Um, you know, that's that's kind of a different sidebar. But I would just be surprised if he could just coast. And who knows how much he's going to play. You know, they're, yeah, might they're locking up in. that division. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and everything. Although I saw something today. um, uh, Jake Mintz, uh, who's uh, one of the co-hosts of the uh, uh, baseball barbacast that I, I listened to, um, wrote a piece for Fox Sports. I think Olsen has missed one inning the entire season. Holy fuck. Wow. Um, Acuna is about to be the fifth player, I think, all time to play all 162 games and bat leadoff in all 162 games. Wow. Um, so they have some dudes who have some durability, and so it is no fucking surprise that they are on some really other type impressive. of planet. Hal needs to hire their entire training staff. And their front <laughs> office. I think Alex Anthopoulos is a genius. But real quick, yeah. um, before we move on, 59 for G, 58 for Greenberg and Fox. Mm. Yep. And remember, remember Anthopoulos, he was in Toronto, Toronto. before, right? And he, and he was just kind of... Yeah, he was viewed as kind of a, just a free spender there, right? Well, but I think they had had like solid years when he was there. But then when, I think when his contract was up, I can't remember. I read about this a while ago. Either Toronto, either the the owners, they either lowballed him or so, something happened where where he like vol- voluntarily left. Like he didn't want to stay. There yeah. was something wrong. There. That was that was the Joey Bat years, right? Hey, yeah, Joey Bat years. I think. Hey, <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I was just stopping in to say hello. That that was it. Uh, Good to see you. To see y'all back. Look at that beard. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, look at bro. that. It's epic. That's only the start of it. We just only uh, like beginning or middle of uh, August. So all right, okay. Yeah, so so, so you'll have to bad. give us a season update uh, uh, in like a month or two from now. Is that? Yeah. 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 Hopefully, this is going on until middle of November. Okay. All right. Good. But it doesn't it doesn't get trimmed until you lose. No. Yeah. The only thing I do is this right here. Sure. Sure. Yeah, Got to yeah. take care of the you next. Don't look like Santa Claus. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And it's yeah. definitely getting way grayer and way whiter. 
Oh, that's good. It's, it's distinguished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right, listen, I, I'm actually checking out. I just wanted to see if this thing actually worked. Wanted to say hello. Glad to see you guys are back. I don't know when it's going live, but I uh, can't wait to listen to it. Great to see you, Greg. Yeah, Adios, y'all. Always good. Later. See you, cousin Greg. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, what I was going to ask is, um, was that the Joey Bat years that he... Uh, you know, I, I think so. I think Joey Bass was on the team. I don't know if it was like his best years. I don't know if it was the prime years. I'm gonna, but that 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 was the period though, like when he was the general manager there. I'm gonna look up the years right now, 2010 to 2015. Yeah. Um, so yeah, actually, Joey that Bass. was some prime Joey Bass years, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, let me see. Will it will it uh, tell me the records on the Wikipedia page or no? Um. I mean, I think 2016 was the year they went to the ALCS. So, you know, right, right about when they got, you know, to be really good. Right. Solid. You know, 2010 to 2015, um, two losing records, but, but three winning records. And, and 2015 is last year. They were 93 and 69 and they lost to the Royals in the ALCS. Yeah. That and, was what that was. Was that Price and Batista and Tulowitzki and, and Donaldson? Donaldson. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like, I mean, they were, year. yeah. So they were like on an ascent for sure. Right. But then now you look, as far as I'm concerned, right. You look, and we've talked about this, you look at the Braves now and, and we've talked about how they have like a lineup full of fucking all-stars, like almost literally that's gonna be there for the next, that's going to be decade. there forever. They're in their twenties and they are all locked up already. Somehow mm-hmm. Anthopolis can convince them to do that. Even though if they waited a few years and went on the market, they would have made way more money, like like in terms of annual pay and everything like that. But I guess you know yeah. these young people are at, right now are valuing that that longer term security or whatever. But I mean, it's unbelievable. You look you well, look at that. But remember, for every Acuna who has a breakout year, there's a Gary Sanchez. Sure. Right. So that that's also a leap of faith on Anthopolis, and mm-hmm. we believe in him. Yeah, he is the kind of guy who will be excellent. Right. Imagine if the Yankees dumped a ten year contract on Gary. Yeah. True. <laughs> And and we were stuck with him. So yep. um, I'd say absolutely correct. Like guys valuing security, team doing a good job. I, I will say I think there's a little bit of luck there too. Yeah. But they've yeah. done a very good job with, with what the five major contracts they've got. Yeah. No, definitely yeah. some and luck. If, and similar to like Cashman with the bad luck, I was saying, I would say. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it, I can't say good luck without bad luck. So all right, I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, and you know, here's something to think about. So they were also talking about this on the Barbacast, not related to that article. Um, there was a the, the Phillies hit like a game tying homer in the ninth or whatever, and uh, Jake was in Philly, uh, you know, covering the game. So he's like in the stadium, he's watching uh, the um, you know, uh, what's his name, Snitker, Snitker, Snitker. Yeah, he uh, he comes out uh, to relieve the the guy who gave up the homer or whatever, and Jake's like, you know, you look around the mound and they're just like chilling, they're calm, they're good and everything. And he's like, you know, they're part of that is probably because they're locked up, they're not playing for a contract. You know, they're they're like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, Matt Olson is coming up, you know, Acuna is coming up, you know, and everything. And I wonder like Matt, it, the, the reason I thought of that is because you talked about the Sanchez thing. And I wonder like if there's a psychological uh, difference to taking less money, obviously, but taking more money than the, <laughs> the average person could ever, you know, think of, of making and just being like, 
I'm good. I'm here. I'm bought in. I believe in this team. I believe in this organization and everything like that. I'm not saying Gary Sanchez would have, you know, continued to replicate his 2017 season. Or like Savvy or something, right? Imagine like Gary and Savvy and yeah. 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 But at the same time, when you're always in that like prove it mode, because you know, arbitration's coming up and you know, you, you have to go to that negotiating table and they're going to talk about your weaknesses right to your face. Well, well, yeah, I wouldn't even say it's a negotiation. It's, it is a fight. And it was one of Trevor Bauer's biggest beefs, right? Not not that he's a, he's a fucktard, but you're (laughs) going to sit at me, you know, sit there and, and insult me and insult my game and point out every weakness. And just so you can pay me less, you're going to do it to my face, to my representatives. And then we're going to pretend it's hunky dory. And, and meanwhile, right. Um, you know, there's, there's talk of, of GMs around the league sharing, sharing stats on, you know, who's the champion of saving money and who's in arbitration, who's the best team at knocking down arbitration rulings to say like, no, I, I can see that Colin. I can see where that becomes um, malicious. Right. And that, that's the beauty of what, like, even, what the angels did smartly. I thought with Otani, right. They said, okay, $30 million. Like, okay, like let's, let's screw this arbitration stuff and just give you what we think you are, you know, Mr. MVP Cy Young. Yeah. Out of this world guy. And, and they were the only team who was like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And yeah. that's what he wanted. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> he I'm didn't, saying he didn't he, want teams to tell him what to do. <laughs> this past year, his last year of arbitration, they just said oh, 30 right. million. Like they didn't even, they didn't yeah, even yeah. have like a, uh, an arbitration. They didn't go to negotiations. They said, what do you want? 30 million. Yeah. Cool. Done. Yeah. 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 And I, I remember, um, God. I don't know who the player was. It was in the, the George Steinbrenner era. It was one of the first arbitration cases that Cashman ever lost. And George was fucking pissed. Because like any other fucking billionaire out there, all they want is their money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dollar to us, you know, in, in relation to everything. And so like Matt, to your point, like th- those things are real, like GMs and that, that is part of their job. Yes. Their job is to like build the best roster, but their job is also to stay within budget to like suppress salaries if they can, yeah. you know, think you know, do these like little tricks and, and whatnot and everything. Like just, it's a yeah. fucking game. Service time manipulation. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So I, I just, it, it's just really, um, I can see both both charge for charge for Wi Fi on team flights. Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't hear about this. Oh my god! Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Colin. The Yankees have to pay for Wi Fi on their team flights still. Oh my god! What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, (sighs) but I mean, it's it's just like I I don't know It, it it. you're never going to be able to say definitively, like, would it have turned out differently? But if the Yankees had said, hey, we're going to treat all that core from, you know, the, the baby bombers of, you know, the Sanchez and Judge days, like the Braves did with their core, would it have turned out differently? I don't know. But I, I also, I just me personally, I still don't think that's the way to go about it. I understand the logic of it. But I just think the risk is way too risky because yeah. I, I mean, right now they're they're the best team on the planet. 
and I hope they win the World Series. I like the Braves a lot. I like Acuna. If if the Yankees aren't going to win it, I hope the Braves win it. But five years from now, I don't know what what are we going to be talking about? Yeah. Are we going to be talking about that like same type of thing with G and you know uh, some of the, some Donaldson. of these players you know or Sevy or Hicks or you know Sanchez you know and everything like I I don't know. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, know, I still think Gary's going to Gary. That's my thoughts. So <laughs> Gary's going to Gary. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Oh. Well, it's uh, well, boys. Yeah, it's, we went over an hour. It's, and it's 9.19 for you guys. It's late. It's still early for me. Yeah, rubbing in our face, you. Mountain Man. Yeah. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. And it's weird. It's it's a very weird feeling to be to be uh, doing the pod at, at this hour. It's still light out. Yeah, well, we appreciate being done before eleven o'clock at night. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I kind of <laughs> like it too. You know, I have like more of a normal person schedule now. It's it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe we can uh, we can talk all about our our personal wins in the future and you know things like that. Oh but, yeah, I'll I'll fill in our loyal listeners with a little bit more details about what's going on here in uh, in Kenneth Square, PA, in the future. But <laughs> um, yep. yeah. No, it's a completely different side note. Look at this cool glass I got today. It's a uh, drink, with, drink, with, drink me, with me, Elmo. <laughs> and then it says, Ha-ha, I'm drunk. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> There's an uh, artist in out of Pittsburgh called um, Permanent Hangover. That's his artist name. And he does, um, he does just, just goofy nihilistic beer stuff. Um, I've got a I've got a tall glass with Oscar the Grouch on it that says we all feel like trash sometimes. Nice. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this one. So mm-hmm. love it, love it. All right. Well, uh, Ethan, we cannot talk this weekend uh, because your partner is the mortal enemy of Penn State uh, this week. Are you really oh. worried about Colorado State, Illinois? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, the Illini. Okay. okay. All right. Are you I really worried about the Illini? I wasn't worried in 2021, and they lost to them in nine overtimes. So. Oh, I forgot. Oh, that was that game. game. Oof. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, Sean Clifford is not the quarterback anymore, so I feel a little bit more confident, but you never know. I'm funny. So I, will be, I will be nervous until about 3.30, 4 o'clock on Saturday Eastern when hopefully I can text Ethan a funny picture of uh, me celebrating. Is is uh, Penn State ranked at this point? Is Penn State ranked? What are they oh ranked? Number seven. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize they were ranked that high. And Illinois, I assume, is not. No, they uh, they could have been. Um, they I think they won their their first game. They got spanked by Kansas last week. They were, they were the number one scoring defense in the country last year. Wow. And they have fallen off significantly. They lost a lot of people to the draft, okay. um, but it's it's been kind of bizarre. So that that's why I literally have no idea what to expect. Like, are we going to get the the team that got spanked by Kansas, or are we going to get the team that gave us a nine overtime loss yeah. in two thousand twenty one? Right. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So if we get somewhere in between, we'll we'll win, um, but. Yeah. Well, let's root for a CSU upset over uh, Coach Prime and CU this weekend during the uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown. When's that game? 
Uh, I think it's on Saturday. I don't know when exactly. I can't remember, but it's definitely on Saturday. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't remember what time it is. But yeah, go Rams. I mean, there's no chance, right? They got destroyed by Washington State in their first game. Um, but uh, it would be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool to see that happen. Well, Colorado is due to to slip at some. Point. Yeah, right. They have they some good skill it. players. Their their depth is not great. Okay. So yeah, well, we'll see. whenever they get tested from a depth, you know, perspective, they'll they'll probably not win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll see. Uh, all right, boys. Any shout outs before we go? Nope. Uh, <laughs> now that I can think of. Shout out to Sam for taking uh, Touch Great Care of Me lately. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's Sam good. Sam is the real goat. 8 o'clock p.m. on Saturday on ESPN. I assume that's Eastern, Eastern time. Eastern. I assume it's Eastern. Yeah, it can't be, it can't be Western. Yeah, or it can't be Mountain Time. Yeah, it's got to be Eastern Time. Yeah, yeah it's Prime Time. Yeah. Prime Time for Prime. That's right. We are. Ugh. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.